it's not just talking cards. It's a collection conversation with the pros. This is Off Center with Tony Reed. Hey, this is Tony Reed back with episode number nine of Off Center with Tony Reed. Joined, as always, by the one and only Chad Evans. We are supposed to be having another guest host. Hey, I'm. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> episode a nine. A dry spell. Yeah, man. I'm the only one that answers my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, we're, we're in for a, a, a doozy here at number nine, Pete Rose. This is great. It's the focus of this this particular podcast. What I do mean, you talk to him about? Hey, it's Pete Rose. He wanted to talk about Pete Rose, so I just shut up and let him talk about Pete Rose, pretty much. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. Were you a Pete Rose fan growing up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of of greatness, I guess, for the lack of a better way to put it. I mean, I, I was a Pirates fan. I'm still a Pirates fan. But, you know, Pete Rose, the all-time hits leader, he holds, you know, various, various records. I mean, he left his mark on the game as one of the greatest, no, no matter how you slice it. All-time hits leader, 4,256 hits. 17-time All-Star, three-time World Series champ. He won three batting titles, an MVP award, two gold gloves, NL Rookie of the Year in 1963. I mean, come on. He's a member of the Major League Baseball All-Century team. Of course, he's in the Reds Hall of Fame. We know he's not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. but We'll talk about that after the interview. Yeah. Okay. So Pete Rose and I talking a lot about Pete Rose. Should we play it now? Play it now. Let's get it. I'm doing great. Thanks for taking time to talk to me. Of course, uh, uh, I hope we have baseball season this year, and uh, I think I think football did a pretty good job with the uh, with the COVID nineteen getting their season in, and basketball is going to start, and hockey's supposed to start next month. And I live in Vegas, and we're great Golden Knight fans out here. But uh, you know, I, I can't honestly tell you that I was ever a card collector. Yeah, uh, I wasn't because. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, I didn't have the money to buy the bubblegum packs. And, and and then once you get to the big leagues, uh, you really don't pay too much attention to the different cards that come out every uh, every every uh, year. But yeah. my, son, my son's collected the cards, and uh, every player is excited when they see the first year they're on a baseball card. That's what I was going to ask you. 1963 tops, obviously, your rookie card's an iconic card. It's the old four picture. You're with Pedro Gonzalez, Ken McMullen, and Al Weiss. Do you remember seeing that iconic card for the first time? Well, it's it's amazing. See, you have to understand, uh, what I do for a living, I'm not doing it right now because of the COVID, but I sign autographs five hours a day to 15 days a month at the end brand at a store called the Art of Music Store. So I don't see a lot of rookie cards, uh, but I know a guy brought one in last year that he said was worth 19000 because it was a nine. Uh, and if people bring them in all the time, that are, and I never did understand uh, uh, the condition of a card as opposed to a nine or yeah. a six or four. I, mean, I don't know who, who rates those cards, but uh, I guess they know what they're doing. And, <laughs> yeah. And, guy uh you'd have thought he'd have brought a safe in with the card in it <laughs> that's right yeah some of those yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean when you think about the Hannes wagner card being worth a million bucks yeah i think wayne gretzky had uh, hit one several years ago when he was partners with bruce mcnall yes, who owned they did. yeah so 
uh, I've seen guys that are crazy about uh, saving cards, and they all seem to have a Pete Rose rookie card. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, in mint condition, but I'm sure some of them are. And uh, they'll start talking about the cards and the value of cards, and eventually you got to kick them out so the next person can come in. <laughs> Yeah. Because they're such experts on these cards. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just amazing. And every time I look at a rookie card, they all look the same to me. But they don't look the same to card collectors. Yeah. They have an eye for the edges, as they say, and, and stuff like that. So uh, I just signed in, in Statler, actually. I use a Statler in the lower left hand corner. And you know what? I've never signed a rookie card. It's true. I've never signed a rookie card that had the other three guys autographed on the card. That's very interesting. Yeah. And, huh. and I know they're all, they're all three still alive, aren't they? I believe so, yeah. Well, I know Kevin Wallen is. I know Al Weiss is, but I don't know about Gonzalez. Huh. I'll have to look is, into that. It's an interesting point, yeah. <laughs> now, here's another thing I don't quite understand about card collecting, okay? Now, if you were to ask me, would you like to have a thousand Babe Ruth cards autographed? Hell yeah! <laughs> but but people in the business don't want the autographs on the cards. Yeah, they think the autograph ruins the card. I I never been able to figure that out. Yeah, there's two I'd trains. I'd love of to thought. have a thousand Babe Ruth cards signed. Absolutely, I would too. Personally, I I collect on card autos. I love getting the vintage cards autographed by greats. I yeah, I collect. I have a Nolan Ryan rookie, a Reggie. I, I mean, I've I, I actually prefer the autos. I think it's amazing. Uh -huh. I do too. I never quite understand. Oh, you don't sign that. You'll ruin it. How am I going to ruin it? It's my picture. I'm signing. <laughs> I'm not signing over the whole card. I'm just taking my little space. That's why when I get them signed, or if they ask me to sign them, I use a Statler. Yeah. Or you got to have a Sharpie with a point on it. Yeah. Yeah, so you can make a small autograph, and that's that's what I try to do. And uh, it's amazing how many people want them signed and how many people don't want them signed. Yeah. I think nowadays more people want them signed than not signed. Yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, like you said, you're the one on the card, for God's sake. If you don't want you touching it, who the heck should be touching it? <laughs> you're right. But uh, that's always been a fascinating business to me. I mean, Topps created a monster when they created the you know, I, I remember we used to always, uh, when we went to Shea to play the Mets, that's when uh, the guy from Tops would come down to get his pitchers before the game. Cy Burner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cy. And uh, Hank, remember Hank? Yeah, yep. Hank, Hank Feinster? Yeah. He, he was the guy, Cy never came to the ballpark when I was there, but Hank was always there. Every time the Reds come in, and his photographer would get you in a batting stance or get you kneeling in the on-deck circle, you know, things like that. And that would always end up being the card the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favorite card when you saw him, you know, passing through, whether you're signing them today or saw him during your playing days? Did you have, have one that you kind of liked above others at all? I always liked the repeat card. Yeah. Heck yeah. Because it's, it's me and my son. Absolutely. Uh, you know, every player loves their son, and he was a ball player, and they, they want to see a nice card of you and your, your son, and, and I'm no exception. I remember, you know, I, I got like 300 pictures on cards or something like that <laughs> yeah. with all the different companies and stuff. But if I was to have a favorite, it would be the, the repeat, it's called. I, I can I can envision it right now. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great one. What a, what a dream come true, like you said, not only for yourself to be a ball player and one of the all-time greats, but to have your son come up. I mean, that's got to be an amazing, amazing thing. 
Well, I, I think they did that because one, uh, he did make the big league, so he was a big league ball player too. Yeah. But they just chose. Uh, I think it's an on deck circle pitcher when we're in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because he was our bat boy over there in Philadelphia. So that's awesome. He was a little boy at that time, and uh, uh, hopefully someday he'll get a picture with his son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as as a star athlete, as one of the all time greats and icons, like you mentioned, you've signed your name countless times for fans over the years. But do you remember the first time you were asked for your autograph? And if so, could you could you share that story with us? Uh, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> I used to I used to sign autographs when I played for Tampa in the Florida State League my okay. first full year, and that's the year I hit thirty triples and hit three thirty and was one of the player and we won a championship. And I used to sign, believe it or not, Pete Scooter Rose. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> because I think they were named after Scooter Rizzuto. After Phil, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I used to sign Pete Scooter Rose. That's great. I haven't seen one. Lately, but uh, that was back in 1961. Uh, then the higher up you got, uh, uh, the more autographs you signed. And we used to sign a lot of autographs at Macon, uh, which was a high A league, and we won the championship there. Uh, so I always, uh, in the minor leagues, which was only two years and two months, uh, won two championships. I'll never forget when we won the championship in the Florida State League, okay? I, my manager was Johnny Vandermeer, mm. and we were called the the, the, the uh, whatever we called it. It was a Tampa team. It was a Tampa Bay, but uh, uh, we won the championship, and we're all a bunch of nineteen and twenty year old kids, right? Yeah. And the, the owner of the team for the championship gave us all a Zippo lighter. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, not one of us smoked, but we all got Zippo lighters. <laughs> I wish I wish I had that Zippo lighter today. <laughs> and obviously, you being as wildly popular as you were and being such a big personality, is there a particular fan that stands out to you over the years, an interaction maybe when you're signing now or when you were in the ballpark? Is there is there one fan story that you that you remember that you could share with us? I, I don't have a fan story like that. I'm sorry I don't, but uh, you know, I used to, I used to be very uh, uh, cognizant of, of, of the fans, and especially the kid fans. Yeah. If the kids had an, something that you wanted uh, to get autographed, I'd sign it. Mm. And especially, especially when you're a 20 year old kid playing in the Florida State League, or a 21 year old kid playing in the Sally League. Mm. I mean. You, you appreciate the fact that they're asking you for an autograph. Heck yeah. yeah. I was always, um, well, I'm not tooting my own horn, but in my two years in the minors, I was always a star. Yeah. I mean, I hit 330 both years. Both years we won the championship. Uh, in my second year at Macon, 62, I think we had seven guys on that team make the Reds. Wow. That's so we were, we, we were a really good team. I mean, talk about uh, Helms and Gus Gill and Mel Queen and, and uh, Teddy Davison and, and Ken
Ben Hunt, and our manager was Dave Bristol. Hmm. So we kind of grew up together in the minor leagues and took it right on to Cincinnati. That's awesome. And your signature, I know we keep talking about, but it's one of the nicest signatures in sports. How much pride do you take in, in signing? Like you said, you signed so much, and you probably sign yeah. as much as anyone. It's, it becomes a job. How much pride do you still take in that signature? Oh, I I don't understand guys, uh, especially today. They're going to take money from guys for autographs and scribble it. Mm, yeah. I didn't understand that. But, you know, I try to, I, you know, when I sit down to sign a thousand autographs, you know, in a private signing, my first autograph will be just like my last one. Mm. That's great. And that's, that's what I take pride in. I do take pride in it, but I just, that's the way I write. I just try to give them a good autograph. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> Joe DiMaggio had a good autograph. Yeah. Mickey Mantle had a good autograph. Willie Mays has got a good autograph. Yeah. Johnny has got a good autograph. I mean, guys who you think wouldn't have a good autograph are the ones that, that take pride in signing their autographs. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, about that, mine's hard to, uh, easy to duplicate. Hmm. The same way with Mantle. Mantle's is is probably the most widely you know copied too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was uh, I did I did this interview with Cal Ripken Jr. not too long ago, and he said he was a young kid coming up, just signed with the Orioles, looking for his first home, and he walked into one of the places he was looking to to possibly purchase, and on the uh-huh. kid's nightstand was his autograph ball, and he said he wasn't happy with the quality of it, and he actually made it a point to write better after that. I thought that was a pretty cool, pretty interesting telling story about him. Well, you know, in my case. Uh... Obviously, I signed a lot of bats, a lot of balls, and a lot of jerseys. Yeah, and you have to you have to have a know how to sign, to sign the jerseys with the with the uh, with the, with the pen where it don't bleed and stuff like that. So, you know, you you don't want to take money for giving a guy an autograph, and all of a sudden a year later. And I always tell people, if you're going to put this autograph somewhere, please don't shine a light on it. Mm, yeah. Because if you shine a light on it, you're going to fade it out. Yeah. And, and most of the pins that I use, if not all, uh, we know they're not going to bleed. They're not going to leak. Yeah. But there's certain, there's you know, like like the black seems to bleed on the sharpie as opposed to the blue. Now mm. I don't, I can't answer that question. Why? Yeah. I, yeah. I, sharpie people could, but I can't. I can't give you a reason why. Okay, the black Sharpie would fade, but the blue don't. Mm-hmm. Don't make any fucking sense to me at all, but that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. And they all work on a bat. They all work on a bat. Just don't put a bat somewhere where there's a light shining on it. That's what a lot of people do. Yeah. And they, they want people to see it to come in their house. But in reality, they're ruining the autograph with the light shining on. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, the all-time hit king, most singles, most games played, most at-bats, most played appearances in Major League Baseball history, 17-time All-Star, three-time World Series champ, three-time batting champ, 1973 NL MVP, two gold gloves, member of the All-Century team, and a million other accolades and awards. Do you have... Any of your awards? Do you have like an office, a man cave where you keep any memorabilia, whether it be that stuff from your career or or other things? Do you do you hold on to any of the the physical yeah. items like that? Uh, you know, I have uh, I have actually uh, saw my son's house because I live in a condo downtown Vegas, but I have actually uh, all seventeen uh, All Star Game bats. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> 
you know, and I got my World Series trophies. Uh, my uh, ten times two hundred hits, the balls, and a nice little trophy. You know, I got a lot of stuff uh, at home. Uh, awesome. I guess uh, I think Johnny Bench had a lot of stuff there. Dan, he sold it and got two million dollars out of it. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, I kind of I, I I try to keep everything that's the first of you know mm. what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And I just happened to every year when we made the All Star team, the bat companies used to give us a couple bats for in our locker when we got to the to, to the ballpark. Yeah. And uh, you know, my first one was 65, and my last one was 85. <laughs> they always they always put the year of the All Star game on the end of the bat. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. So, so you talk about game use. That's all game use stuff. Oh yeah, that's worth. Yeah, they're probably worth ten, twenty grand each. <laughs> Maybe more. <laughs> that's awesome. No, yeah. Awesome stuff. Of a, of a collector, but uh, uh, you know, I've I've seen a lot of guys with a lot of great collections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing when I played, uh, believe it or not. Well, it was a rookie of the year, MVP in '73. We were never allowed to take our jerseys home. Oh wow! I gotta tell you why. Because when I played for the Reds, I'll just pick a year. When I played there in '73, okay, when the season was over, they took the jerseys and uniforms from '73 and passed them down in '74 to the Triple A team. Wow! And we got new ones. So it, it, it was expensive buying uniforms every year. Yeah. Triple A team would send their uniforms down to Double A. Oh, wow. I've never heard that. That's crazy. Yeah, but <laughs> it, because it, the uniforms didn't have names on them. They just had reds. Wow. Yeah. We didn't throw the uniforms away. And, and whenever you got to the World Series, they gave you two new pair of uh, two new uniforms to wear in the World Series. <laughs> but yet, when I, when I won Rookie of the Year, I couldn't take my jersey home. Wow. Or when I was MPP, I couldn't take that jersey home. That's crazy it, to think of it in today's terms. <laughs> you know? Oh, they rip them off now if you hit a game-winning home run. <laughs> yeah. That's cr- Speaking of, I mean, you, like we've said, the jersey swap has become you know a new tradition in sports. If you could trade jerseys with anyone, who would you want to swap jerseys with? Babe. Yeah. Babe Ruth. Yeah. He's the greatest player ever played a game. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can tell you, even today, his jersey would be way too big for me. <laughs> <laughs> and mine would be way too small for him. <laughs> That's great. No, you just, you just, you know, I, I didn't see Babe play. Obviously, I saw films of him. But I, I just think Babe Ruth did something uh, that Gretzky couldn't do that Michael Jordan couldn't do, and if you think Tom Brady's the greatest football player ever, that he couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And what I'm talking about is uh, those three guys couldn't save their sport like Babe did. Yeah. You know, Babe Ruth going into Philadelphia or Kansas City or wherever for a three-game series, they sold out all three games mm. and enabled the franchises to grow. That's what I get Babe Ruth for. Uh, he... he he gets gets all my credit for saving the baseball and able to te- the teams around the league to grow. Yeah. And I don't know of any other sport or any other athlete that can say they could do that. Yeah, no, a- and I respect I respect the hell out of the three guys I mentioned. You know, Gretzky, uh, Brady, and, and Michael. But uh, I just don't think they could uh, uh, do the things that uh, 
Babe Ruth. Yeah. Two years from now, two years from now, people will still read the name Babe Ruth. Oh yeah. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll read the name. I guess they'll read my name because I'm at top of the hits leader. <laughs> uh, but Babe Ruth uh, is synonymous with the game of baseball like no other player ever. Yeah. His, I think. Yeah, I I agree completely. And his his cards. Speaking of cards, his stuff is you know with the pandemic, a lot of guys' cards have like shot up in value, and he's his stuff is kind of leveled up even higher. So it's 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 insane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how would you? I mean, I'm pretty well known baseball player. How would I get a hold of something from Babe Ruth? Yeah. I, I mean, mean it's, it's unusual. It's unusual. Believe me, it's unusual today. I give you a for instance. A guy brought a. Uh, a Babe Ruth autograph in uh, a couple years ago in my store here. And uh, it, it had to Frank. Okay? And it was worth like ten or 12000 Yeah. Where if it didn't have Frank on it, it'd be worth 35000 <laughs> Yeah. Just because they put another name on the ball with Babe Ruth's autograph on it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you have a Babe, a Babe Ruth autograph today, you want him to have, That's crazy. It's so true, though. It's it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. So but how about if it was Lou Gehrig on the other side? <laughs> After Lou Gehrig growing a ball. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think he truly could. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember. I really don't. I was trying to think of it. I don't really remember when autographs become, uh, uh, you know, important to kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think I was among the first to do what we call card shows. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think we did stuff. Yeah, yeah. We didn't do card shows in the '60s or even the '70s. Mm. So all the stuff that was signed was uh, stuff going into the ballpark or leaving the ballpark, and uh, you don't have enough time uh, when you're in batting practice to go over and sign autographs for the kids. You know. Yeah. I would probably I would probably do that for an hour every day if I was playing today because I'd be making thirty five men a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else you got to do? Yeah. yeah. Very and true. I, and I remember they started getting autographs a long time ago in spring training, and uh, some of these card uh, uh, autograph collectors would ruin for the kids. Mm -hmm. They would pay the kids to go up and get many things signed by the athlete. Yeah. If, but we all caught on to it. So even adults were ruining the autograph for the kids back in the in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, in spring training. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of cards and autographs, and we, you you mentioned Babe Ruth on the jersey swap. If you could have any sports card, which which card would you want to have and why? Uh. Well, like everybody else, I like to have a Hannes Wagner card. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. It's, 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 called, it's called a tobacco card. Oh, yeah, 1909 T206. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Worth over a million dollars, isn't it? Yeah. You, you mentioned Wayne Gretzky. His rookie card just sold for over a million in Gem Mint. A lot, like I said, the market's gone absolutely bananas. There's new investors and new money in it. Yeah, Gretzky's, actually, his own rookie card sold for over, you know, yeah, it was the most recent sell for over a million. Yeah. Crazy. Well, answer this, answer this question for me if you can. Yeah. 
bring up a good point when you say Gretzky's card. Why does it seem like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but it just seems like baseball memorabilia is more valuable than hockey, football, or basketball. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. Why is that? I just think that this the rich older, history. Older? Yeah. older? I, I believe that's a big part of it. It's more more of a fabric of you know Americana and apple pie and all that stuff. I think I think that's a big part of it. Just how you know you know baseball is around 100 years before you know other sports or whatever yeah. the case may be. I think I think that's a that's a, a big piece of it. For myself, I feel like a lot of the, like if I was holding a 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth, it almost feels like a religious experience. It's almost like a historical document. I think I think a lot of people feel that way about about vintage baseball. Maybe a little bit more than the other sports. I mean. That's just, well, just my if opinion. you're talking, if you're talking about, uh, let's say, a Babe Ruth card, okay, then you got a Gretzky card. Well, Gretzky's about the same age as me. Mm-hmm. Okay, Babe Ruth would be over 100 years old. Yeah. So that's it. That just goes to show you how much longer we've been collecting baseball cards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it, and even even your rookie card. I mean, that's like I mean, honestly, like I I love the vintage stuff. I, I feel like that's like that's like a, a piece of history. You know, it's not just a baseball card. That's a that's a legitimate piece of of, of Americana. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking about the days when tops was really really valuable, really yeah. really, and all the players couldn't wait to get on a tops uh, baseball cards. Yeah. No, and I remember. I remember when I was a kid, we didn't have many cards, but we put them in our goddamn bicycle spokes. <laughs> yep. I mean, imagine throwing a goddamn Pete Rose rookie card in your in your bicycle to make it so it would hum. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's just what we did. Yeah, fifty years, forty years later, it sells for six figures. <laughs> and a lot of guys, and a lot of guys bought the packs of top cards to get the goddamn chewing gum. Yeah, I've heard that from different ball players too. Yeah, it's a truth. <laughs> that's great. So, uh, you said you know you didn't really collect cards as a kid. Is there anything no. that you collect or hold on to that we'd be surprised to hear about, whether it's sports related or, or otherwise? Do you collect anything right now? No. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a collector. Yeah. I, I wish I was, but uh, most of those guys that are collectors, it's a passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The passion. I had a passion for playing the game. Huh. That was my passion. <laughs> You know, and if I'd had a passion for collecting cards, believe me, I'd have had the best collection around. Well, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I would have. I would have. I'd have worked at it. Worked at it. Just like I worked at playing the game of baseball. Yeah. Speaking of that, that work ethic, you know, Charlie Hustle and, and all that, that that means, where where did that stem from with you? Was it something you felt it was ingrained at a young age? Were you born with it? Was it something that you honestly had to work at? Where did that 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 work ethic that maybe well, I, no one ever has had come from? Yeah, yeah I, I was super aggressive simply because uh, I was lucky because I had a father who was an athlete. Mm. And I was the ball boy on his basketball team, the bat boy on his baseball team, and the water boy on his football team. <laughs> now, You're busy too. <laughs> now, don't forget, I grew up in the 40s and 50s. We had nothing else to do. And my dad was probably the best football player ever to come out of Cincinnati. Yeah. And that was my first love was football. And he just, uh, you know, when I became a switch batter at the age nine, he told the coach, he said, listen, he said, my son will never be late to a practice, and he'll never miss a game. However, I want him to bat left-handed against a right-hander and vice versa. Hmm. And that's 
that's my pack to you. And I was always very punctual. Uh, and my dad would always correct me on the way home from a game. He went to every game. And I remember when I, when I went out to play in Geneva, New York, after I got out of high school, he used to write me a letter every week. And he would end up signing the letter, Love, Dad, Keep Hustling. Awesome. <laughs> and that's just the way... That's just the way I played. That's and I took awesome. a lot of shit over the years when I played, especially in the minor leagues, when you sprint to first on a base on balls or something like that. But that's that's my background. Mm. That's what I'm to do. And I, it carried right on over to the big leagues. Okay, now, we trained in Tampa, Florida. I was a non-rostered player in 63. You know what that means, right? Yeah, yeah, basically walk on. <laughs> well, I was invited to come to spring training, which was great in those days because you got meal money for a couple extra uh, weeks. Okay, and big league meal money was big in those days. Yeah. We're, we're training in Tampa. We're, we, we take a bus to Fort Lauderdale to play the Yankees. Okay, but don't forget, I'm a non-ruster player, but I get to go on the trips. Mm. And my day is over. All I got to do is go do my sprints and, and get dressed. And, uh, and we had a coach named uh, Mike Reba. He said, where are you going, kid? He said, stick around. You might get in the game. You never know. You got to wait for the goddamn bus anyway. <laughs> okay, because it's a four-hour bus ride. Okay, so I sat over there, and all of a sudden, they need a pinch runner. And I go into pinch run. Guy hits a, a line drive base hit. A step to the left to the left of the left fielder. I go from first to third. I go into third head first safe. <laughs> Next guy pops up. Tony Kubak is playing shortstop. He backpedals. Now, nobody's going to throw me out backpedaling, okay? <laughs> and he catches a ball, and I tag up the third short, short ball to left field. And he throws it to home, and I'm safe, and we win a game two to one. Now, Mickey and, and Whitey are in the clubhouse talking, and Mickey said to Whitey, did you see that Charlie Hustle beat us today to the New York Press? And the next day in the paper, the headline was Charlie Hustle beat Yanks. Wow. That's how that name come about. Wow. Talk about an iconic story. That's, <laughs> that's... And how about the two guys that named me? Exactly, Mickey yeah. Mickey <laughs> Mantle and Whitey Ford. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't get much bigger than that if, if it does. No. <laughs> not in those days. Not, not four-hour deal with the Yankees. <laughs> we always we always looked forward to playing the Yankees in spring training, whether it was in Tampa or whether it was in uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale. We played in Tampa. Okay, it would be sold out, and all the way around the outfield, they would rope it off like ten feet short of the fences for people to stand. Hmm. That was a big moment. day. <laughs> the Yankees were a big day for spring training teams. Yeah, because they, had, you know, they had Mantle and they had uh, Whitey and they, had, you know, they had guys like that, Bobby Richardson. Yeah. You know, they, they they had all the good players. Yeah, Yogi Berra. I mean, they had all the good players, and everybody wanted to see them. It was a treat. It was a treat in those days to go to a goddamn spring training game. Absolutely. Not the same today. They get to it fast and they fly. Yep. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. So we talked a lot about about baseball cards and things of that nature. I know a lot of the baseball card backs would have interesting facts on over the years and things like that. But if, if we were to flip over... The career card of Pete Rose of Charlie Hustle. What would you want the back to read? Well, that's simple for me. Uh, it's the best record I got. You would. Here's what you put on the back. 
world's greatest winner of all time. Mm. <laughs> I played. I played in nineteen hundred seventy-two wins during the season. That's two hundred fifty more than a guy's second. Wow! Think about that. That's almost two seasons. Yeah, yeah, a couple games short of two seasons. Yeah. Because uh, I tell people this every day, especially youngsters. You play baseball, you play football, basketball, hockey, tennis, anything. You play for one reason. You know what it is? To win, yeah. To win. So I can I can strongly look a guy in the eye and says, I'm the biggest winner in the history of sports. And no one will ever take that away from me because no one's ever going to duplicate that. It's just like no one's ever going to duplicate my hit record. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Hey, so that was the interview with with the great Pete Rose. Like I said, you know the 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 accomplishments and the accolades are endless. I mean, but also he's one of the most embattled superstars in the sports history. You know, betting on baseball, managing the Reds in the '80s means that Rose clearly is not in Cooperstown. But the mark he left on the sport, it just can't be denied whether he's in Cooperstown or not. Uh, the massive, measurable, statistical accomplishments, but also the intangibles. He was Charlie Hustle. He was known for all the things he did that didn't show up on the stat sheet, even though he filled the stat sheet. Just uh, You can't really overstate, and you can't really tell the story of professional baseball without, without Pete Rose. I totally agree. He's one of those guys that you have to say is the epitome of baseball. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, truly. Whether you off off the field stuff, whatever. Whether you like it or not, he is one of the absolute greatest of all time. <laughs> he betted on baseball. Yeah. And he betted on his own team winning. Yeah. As far as we know. As far knows? as we who know. The heck knows. So he yeah. says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Do you think he'll ever get there? I, it's going to be one of those things, you know, five years after he passes, well after you could enjoy it, he's going to be elected by the Veterans Committee or whatever the case may be. That, yeah. That's what's going to really suck. I think that at some point he'll get in. And when you start playing moral police, if you go through the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, the guys that were outright racist, guys that were abusive, guys that were damn near murderers, like, you can't start playing that the moral police. Either they're a good enough baseball player to be in the Hall of Fame and leave it at that, because you can't you can't start going down that road. It's a slippery slope where a lot of guys that are in there probably shouldn't be. That's that's my issue with it. Okay, is there a difference between betting on baseball and uh, steroids? Well, yeah, there's clear, there's a differentiation in the fact that... Because Barry Bonds ain't getting in the Hall of yeah. Fame. Or does he? I was up there, I think it was two summers ago now, and you you know, you walk in, I'd never been to the Hall of Fame, been a lifelong baseball fan, never been to the Cooperstown, ever. And it's an, an amazing city, a little little quaint yeah. little city, like not even a city, it's a small town, yeah. it's a village, I, technically, yeah. it's a village. I, I told Michelle I want to move there <laughs> someday. Really? It's just so spectacularly cool and, and quaint and everything you would imagine it to be. Anyhow, so, you know, you go in with some preconceived idea of what the hall is going to look like. You know, all kinds, you know, Babe Ruth jerseys, you know, busts of all the greatest players of all time. You know, the plaques, the whole hall. And you turn a corner and there's like a Mark McGuire jersey and a Sammy Sosa helmet and a Jose Canseco jersey and like a whole basically steroid era section. Oh. So they don't have a bust in the hall or I shouldn't say a bust. That's, you know, that's NFL Canton, you know, yeah. but they don't have a plaque, but they're still 
recognized. They're still immortalized until they take that display down. So they're still there, but yeah, but you know what? You know what okay, I mean? so end of the conversation. Does it even matter if they're in the Hall of Fame? If you're if you're splitting hairs if at that point, because technically they're there. They don't have yeah, plaque. But, but for for our experience, yeah, for us guys in their forties right now, does it even yeah. matter? Doesn't matter to me. No, no. Ultimately, no. I mean, Pete Rose is going to be Pete Rose. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, nothing's changing what he accomplished. No. So, yeah, not at all. No, I agree. And the interview, like I said, we and that's I know we have talked about this a million times, and I might have said it on a podcast prior. I'm not sure, but the beauty of what I'm trying to do is I j- we're talking baseball cards, unless the, unless the yeah. interview subject takes that in a whole different yeah. direction. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm asking you, I'm asking Pete Rose about his 1963 Topps rookie card. I'm asking about fan interactions. I'm asking about any collection or man cave he may have. Right. So I think that's refreshing to a lot of these guys because how many times has Pete Rose done an interview and 80% of it's talking about <laughs> if he's, why he's not in Cooperstown or betting or, you know, the whole nine. Sure. So. But he he was a storyteller. I know I said, you know, I let Pete Rose talk about Pete Rose, but that's pretty much, you heard the interview, it's pretty much the truth. I just kind of let him talk and get out of the way. And sometimes that, that, that it's better that way. So he was a great storyteller. So I let him tell his stories. You know, his one of the interesting thing is one of his favorite cards ever was the one that was Pete and repeat. It's a card of him in Philly in the on deck circle and his young son is, son is the bat boy. So oh, boy. that was, he's like, everybody wants to be on a card with their son. Well, heck yeah. So <laughs> it was, it was just cool. So we talked about that kind of stuff, you know, uh, he actually signs autographs as a, as a job for five hours a day at, I think it's the art of music. It's on the Vegas strip, which is a very profitable, you know, job, if you yeah. will, for him. So, and he talked about just the, again, like all these guys talk about the pride in, in signing their signature. You know, he wants everyone to look like the next and he wants someone to get a, a, a good product and have that experience. So it was a really cool interview and he, you know, he, he talked about minor league baseball and just some really fun stuff. And the funny thing, I think, which is kind of a, a little bit of an insight into Pete Rose or anybody that's great. The one quote, I know you just heard it, but I'm going to read it because it stuck with me. I asked him about if, if he collected cards now or as a kid even or at any mm-hmm. point. And he said, most of those guys that collected, for them, it was a passion. I had a passion for playing the game. If I had a passion for collecting cards, I would have had the best collection around. I would have worked at it just like I worked at playing the game of baseball. That that's Pete in 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 one phrase or quote. That's Pete Rose. Whatever he was doing, he was going to be the best at. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was re- was pretty telling and really cool. Pete. So Pete Rose, fantastic. Baby. Hey, the buy it now section. Okay, let's go. Mizuno Philadelphia Phillies game used and signed uniform of Pete Rose. What on eBay right now? Seventy five hundred bucks. OBO or best offer. 70 uniform game used uni it's the beautiful <laughs> blues you know yeah 7500 or your it's yours obo cardboard 1963 tops pete rose which is the obviously his only rookie one of the most iconic cards in the industry an sgc which is like the third tier grading company they're okay. in the top tier yeah but they're behind psa and bgs sgc okay. 9 sold on March 29th for $44,100. Whoa. A nine, not even a 10, not e- a nine. And not oh. even from PSA or BGS, like third tier down. Okay. And with okay. tax and tags and all that, you're pushing 46 grand, 47 grand. Wow. Pete Rose making that happen, man. Yeah. All right, he's, kids. he's talked about, guys, he told me stories about he would have people bring cards to him and he would, 
He's like, I don't know the difference between a six and a seven and right, eight and a nine, right. but you know, people are really, really passionate about it. So he he, he appreciates it. So he's the man, dude. <laughs> Again, he's the man. Uh, moral moral you know stuff aside, like what he did on the field on the diamond, we'll probably never see. I know we always say there's certain records we'll never see broken. I can't imagine uh-uh. someone coming up and hitting you know with more than forty three hundred hits. Yeah, to to surpass him, that's madness. Nobody on the Phillies is going to do that right now. <laughs> no. I'll tell you that. Highly doubtful. Highly unlikely. <laughs> so who do we have for the next episode? Then? Oh, NFL Hall of Famer Willie Rove, one of the greatest linemen ever. <laughs> Willie Rove. You know Willie Rove. Saints, Chiefs, an yeah. absolute wall. Yeah. Big boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, he's coming up next. Willie right? Rove up next week. All right. We'll be ready to go. We will.